So you're back from your trip. Yeah. Uh, Excited. It's dope. How was the island? Or, 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 or is it considered an island? No, no, it's not an island. I mean, it's, you know, what's funny is I don't do a lot of research in general. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so um, I got down to Colombia, went to Cartagena, and I did not know, bro, how hot it was. Mm. I had no freaking clue how hot and how humid it was. And so we're kind of walking around. We're doing our thing. Um, no big deal. Just, you know, check. it's beautiful, beautiful culture. Um, and I would say I'm already, like, as a former athlete, I just, I, I've always sweat. You know what I mean? Or is it sweated? But I've always sweat, right? And um, outside of when I was fasting, you know, I, I told you, like, dude, I'm, I'm not sweating anymore. So, but we're, we're down there, and I would say, like, within 30 minutes, bro, of way less than that, within 15, 20 minutes of us being kind of walking around, I'm drenched. So it's like training camp heat. Yeah, I mean, it's – so this is what I tell people, right? It's Miami. If Miami met Las Vegas and had a, a child named New Orleans who had an adopted sister that would be uh, – or adopted child, that would be Cartagena. Mm, very interesting. Right? That, I mean, that, that, that makes sense to me. And, like, it's so much and so um, – Akin to like a, a New Orleans, one of my favorite but, places in the world. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I love New Orleans. New Orleans used to be my my adopted city, bro. Man, it's such a, it's a it was such a culturally rich, um, you know, environment. Definitely would encourage people to go out there. I was down there for about a week. Um, food was fantastic. Um, the culture was amazing. Um, you know the the. You, it's a tourist area for sure, mm-hmm. but there's also other parts like where you can go out and see how real, quote unquote, like the locals or Colombians are doing their thing, and and that's kind of what I really wanted to do, right? Like I, um, one of the things that, that was a benefit, uh, you know, because I was there for a, about a week, right? It gave me the opportunity to go to the other side of, quote unquote, it's not an island, but like the other side of the. I don't, I, I don't even really want to call it a gulf, but there is a body of water that kind of separates the two. Okay. So I went to the other side of, of that, but just still all Cartagena and just really see how locals do it. Um, and you better brush up on your Spanish because <laughs> it's not like, you know, we go to Cabo or... Um, yeah, it ain't that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got to really be it, able to communicate. <laughs> the, it, it, this is a Spanish-speaking-first country. You know what I mean? And so, but shout out to all the technology that's out there too. Um, Google Translate Google and all Translate that. Google Translate was, uh, was the the business. I mean, I got it on my phone and I went ahead and dropped in a, a currency converter. So, you know, you know how much, you know, you're spending or whatnot. And, mm. But but they, they do take American dollars and, and things like that. How much that, is so. an American dollar worth there? So this is crazy. Um, when we were down there, it's point zero 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 two five. But you got to move the decimal, or is it really just worth, like, basically nothing? No, the dollar is worth everything. Yeah, so I'm saying. So how yeah. much is a dollar worth in Colombian money? Point. Or, yeah, Colombian money. Yeah. Pesos. Pesos. Okay. Yeah, so it's point zero zero mm-hmm. zero zero two five. Mm-hmm. Right? So basically um, 300,000 pesos 
It's seventy five dollars US. There we go. That's the answer I'm looking. Yeah. For. Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, put it in perspective, and I'm I'm going back because we're gonna you know obviously we. we you and I have some things offline that we we always talk about from an investment perspective, but that was one of the reasons why I went down there is to look at the Airbnb um, market and kind of see what that would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's some there's some legs there, and so um, as an example, you could buy a house or an Airbnb condo apartment situation, right, for like anywhere between eighty nine to one hundred eighty nine thousand, depending. On, on whatever metrics you're looking at. And so you start to evaluate that and you say, wow, you know, there's, there's some real opportunity here. So that was another reason that I went down. So I'm, I'm planning on going, knock on wood, I would love to go before the end of the year, before the turn of the calendar. Oh, wow. Yeah, I want to go back. We were trying to get back immediately. Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, because, you know, it's there, there's plans. It, it's, it is vacation, but it's, it's work. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm down there for a purpose and, and, and being intentional with it. So... But yeah, man, I appreciate you asking. Um, it feels like forever since we've we've done this. We've been busy, man. You know me; I'm in the midst of a, a one heck of a tornado, yeah. and just uh, yeah, we just been on it. Anybody knows us knows that we don't, we don't sit still for long. Can't, can't. Yeah. And what's interesting, and so um, you know, for me, I <laughs> because I went to, and let me. This is how all this this show got um, today's episode right. Got underway. So, I, you know, Pete Rose, really Shout good friend Pete. of mine. Yeah, what up, Pete? Um, you know, I just bought a dog a couple months ago, right? Everybody knows what I went through. If you don't, check out, you know, I think it's episode 198, uh, Uncuffed. 90, 196. Uh, 96, yeah. Yeah, 196. 196. Check it out, Uncuffed. We talked about it. But I got a dog, Boston, my, my Doberman. And so... You know, I'm moving so fast, like you just said, and I realized, um, okay, I got this puppy. He's like three months old at the time. Um, I wanted to go out of the country, but I'm like, shit, who's going to watch the dog? And I've been doing a lot of research on my on, on Doberman specifically, like super loyal, um, very loving, right? But they can go into a, a, a depressed state if – there's some separation there's an anxiety. anxiety. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know what to do. I didn't want to board him, um, and I've never been this way. <laughs> I've never been this way. But I'm thinking, like, man, I don't want to board him. My parents, that you know, they're, God bless them, but they shouldn't have to deal with all that, you know, because he needs to be out and do his thing, whatever, whatever. Um, it's just I had to think, and then shout out to Pete Rose. He, uh, we had talked, and I know he's a big, big dog lover. Yes. And so I was like, okay, let me start getting my dog acclimated to coming over to his house, getting to know him, and, and also, Pete, you know, knowing, knowing how Boston operates and everything. And so we had the um, tailgate, tailgate. Yeah, for, for, for my brother's birthday. Which Shout out to like, Drew. Yeah, what up? Um, we've done that for about seven years, and so that was a really cool opportunity for me to, like, give him a, um, a condensed version of babysitting or dog sitting, if you will. And then this dude, like I'm, I'm walking into Pete's house and I see this dude and I'm like, okay, Hey, what's up? You know, no big deal. We chop it up, end up finding out. We, we <laughs> had this conversation on, um, while he was sitting on one couch and I was on another and, and I was just super blown away. You know, the humility, uh, I was blown blown away by his story, 
Um, and then when you see them, <laughs> there, there's some there's some characteristics that you know are noticeable, right? Um, but but I thought to you, and I, I I think I sent you a text, or maybe I called you the next day, or something like you that. You're just like, like, hey, I got our next guest. Yeah, because it's so it's so interesting. So without without further ado, I'm I'm excited. Um, welcome back to the Vision Lab podcast. I'm your host Ryan Cuffey, alongside with my host my co-host Mr. Ryan Mosley. Vision Lab is the official growth mindset podcast for all visionaries worldwide, and you know we're showing mad love to the cigar community. It's here in the lab where we uncover people's visions and dreams and how those dreams actually come into reality. Mo, I'm excited. Met this gentleman basically two times at this point and have been impressed with him um, each time. So why don't you tell us who we have on the show today? Because today's guest is a native of Springfield, Missouri, the Show Me State. Uh, he is a YouTuber. He is a uh, a bodybuilder, but not not the average bodybuilder. We'll get into that. Um <laughs> He is a a a Guinness, veteran of what's he's that a Guinness Book record holder, I believe. Yeah, too. he's a record holder. He's a a, a veteran of, of management. He, he's a jack of all trades, and some yeah. interesting trades under his belt. <laughs> um, everybody, please welcome Devin Kara to the Vision Lab podcast. What up? What up? What up? And good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Well, I want to say thank you. Um, you know, I feel like you're taking a shot on with us. You know, we met just a month, a month and a half, maybe month and a half ago, mid middle of September, complete stranger. So I just want to say thank you, you know, for being so open, so vulnerable, um, honest, transparent, kind is is a, is a good word, I think too. Um, but like I said, um, when we first met, dude, like I, I really feel like your story is so unique, but it also permeates and, and resonates with so many so many different people. Um, so why don't we kind of get into it? Um, I'll, I'll 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 start with the kind of the obvious thing, right? If you're if you're tuning in online, and by the way, if you like the content, um, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure you hit that that like button as well and share it with a friend. But you and I were in the <laughs> we're in the in the kitchen of your cousin's house, mm -hmm. right? Um, and all of a sudden, he's like, "Yeah, well, he's he holds the Guinness." world record for most hairiest man or something like that and i was like what he's like yeah take your shirt off we're not gonna have you do that today it's my calling card though. it is <laughs> okay well hey if you no, no, <laughs> we're on youtube but um <laughs> and i looked up and i said holy shit this dude looks like daggum Wolver wolverine in person man like it's crazy and so we we started talking man and um i was blown away with with your humility and the way that, you know, you, you walk with grace and accept it. You know what I mean? So um, for those that don't know, kind of catch us up to speed on all that. All that? Man, that's like an entire life story almost. <laughs> I'll give you like a good rundown on like, I don't know how it came to be, but, you know, obviously I have two older brothers and, you know, being the youngest – I knew like I was like they had facial hair real early. I mean, I could just kind of tell like, okay, it's definitely like in the cards. And of course my father, um, even though my parents got divorced at a young age, I mean, I was aware of how hairy he was, but being like, you know, that's all you've been exposed to. You don't really think anything different of it. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, right around like age 11 or 12 or whatever you're like oh i can't wait to have hair on my legs and 
yeah, I got hair on my legs. <laughs> and then you get arm hip, armpit hair. And then I think it must have been like seventh grade or something like that. I was young, maybe like 11 or 12. And I was, it's like peach fuzz down the middle of my chest. Wow. And that was like, you know, I just assumed that's all kind of normal. But I think by the time I hit eighth grade, like, had hair on my shoulder. Yeah, full man chew. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was like the kid in eighth grade with like full sideburns. I had chest hair and shoulder hair and all that stuff. Man, I remember one time I went to. Oh, this is definitely so. Like when we got done with eighth grade that summer, we had like a little eighth grade ga- graduation party. Yeah, and it was a pool party. Wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know what, man? I'm I'm like I go right on out there, take off my shirt, and hop in the water, and like you know, I think I pop up from the water and it's just like everyone's quiet i'm like what the hell's going on like you know like what happened i was kind of like looking around and people were like you got a lot of hair <laughs> and I was like, yeah i mean and, and you didn't know anything different no i mean i guess i hadn't taken my shirt off you know like in front of people like, you just don't you know you're not walking around without a yeah, shirt on very much day. yeah and so i think from then on i mean yeah going to either a pool party i mean being a freshman in high school playing football I mean, the seniors would come up to you in the back, uh, in in the locker room. They come up behind me and just start like pulling out my back hair, man. Oh like they know man. how to like mess with you. They're just coming up and pulling out the back hair. I'm like, oh god. And that was freshman year. I mean, it, it only like gets bigger and like what would I say, fuller, thicker, everything. I mean, I think it's funny when my my friends in high school would be like, man, you have like you have like more chest hair than my father. And it's like, <laughs> I don't think your father's ever going to have, like, you kind of quit. And mine just, like, kept coming in and getting, like, fuller and thicker. And so this is really, like, to me at this age, I'm like. This is a toned-down version. I, I the, the cool thing about it, though, I get to brag because, you know, this is, like, the virality of my YouTube stuff, being shirtless on the Internet and everything else. Like, I like the way it looks. It has, like, a cool pattern. You know, when you see, like, a dude without a shirt on. Well, you're comfortable in your own skin. That's a, you're good to go. Absolutely. And so people are like, I can't believe how comfortable you are. You have so much confidence. And I was like, well, I personally like the way it looks. And <laughs> I think it looks cooler than other hairy dudes. Like, like you see some hairy dudes, and it looks kind of like a mess. Or, But what's know. what's interesting is that, so, and we, we're not going to, I mean, unless you want to see it. No, you're good but, right now, boss. <laughs> but what's interesting about it is, you have all this hair as, as a middle schooler, but you lose your hair in high school. Oh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> genetically, they're very linked. Like, if you look it up, it's like basically, I think, the receptivity of the hairs to testosterone or something like that. So it either the other hair follicles around the body will definitely be stimulated and grow more. Meanwhile, the head hair falls out. So it's very common to see, like, hairy dudes who just go bald. And I think um, – I was going bald in high school. I think my senior pictures is like, kind of like receding hairline, and my buddies would be like, you know, making fun of me, like, "Man, you're going bald. You're totally gonna loot. You're totally gonna go bald." And I was just like, "That's that's bullshit." Like, you know, it's it's just the way my hairline is. You know, I'm not gonna go bald or whatever. <laughs> like, look at me, dude. Yeah, yeah right. Like, <laughs> just I didn't really like. It's like I'm not gonna listen to that. And I remember freshman year in college, I was up in the weight room and. I remember that. I remember the day it happened. I already had like short hair and everything. Not the day that it happened. The day you see it as like you go, holy shit, you're bald. Like that's. I was in the weight room and like doing some curls and there's mirrors everywhere, front to back, and I'm sitting there doing some curls and 
looking in a mirror and I notice a guy behind me from behind. I, I see the back of his head, the top of his head. And I'm like, that guy's bald. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, and I'm just like, wait, you know, you kind of start, wait, no, that's, wait that's me. I'm like, hold the weights. I'm like, no, that's me. I'm like, oh my God. I went out, bought, I went straight to like Walgreens and bought some Rogaine, you know, I'm sitting there like, oh, come on, Carl Malone. What's this going to do? Like, I'll put it on every day. I'm reading the directions and like, I think within a week I'd just gotten some hair clippers and I was like, I am just shaving my head. And I really hadn't, I never had hair ever since. So. I, I want to back up because obviously this is a growth mindset show, right? And so, um, take us back to the eighth grade freshman year, like, we all know that during those the, that time of our lives, right, there's a lot of making fun of and people picking on you. You talked about, you know, seniors pulling the, the back hair or whatever. What gave you kind of that mental fortitude to kind of fight through that and, and not or, – or, or maybe you did kind of succumb to it. Like, what was that experience like? Well, I look back and I don't, I don't recall it as being that, like uh, – it wasn't a, like a big level of bullying. Luckily, I had like some older brothers. I look at it more like it was in it was in jest, and they really it it wasn't like prominent. You know, it's not like okay. something that happened every day. It wasn't that bad. Um, but what I say, yeah, it just wasn't something like it wasn't like tormenting. It wasn't bullying, and That's I came good. from a small enough high school too. Like it was a really tight knit community yeah. and things like that. So as far as like being that different. And that was another thing, too. Like, I just, I never really considered myself that different in a way. Like, you know, now it's like, looks that's a weird genetic trait you have that just hasn't stopped. Like, it's still just a full force, and it's all over the internet, you know? So, yeah. And yeah. That, that's actually a great, um, great point, because that's, you know, one of the things I was thinking about is, like, how do you, at that age, kind of understand, like, hey, I'm different, but I'm not different, Right. Like, how do you fight those battles internally or mentally? I, you know, for everything that's different about us, I considered it like a strength. So I loved it. That's I mean, crazy. That's yeah. awesome. I mean, it's it's amazing that you felt like that at like 14 years old. Like, I don't know if I would have been, you know what I mean, that 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 mentally strong. So that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. And then it, there'd come times where like, you know, we'd be partying like uh, high school and the college and it was a pretty common thing place thing for me to take my shirt off before the end of the day before the end of the year. <laughs> that was your party trick yeah oh the greatest <laughs> forget trick. a keg stand watch this yeah yeah take your shirt off do the keg stand i think by the time i was in college i found out this is weird and i actually did a video on this i can light it on fire you can light what on fire i can light my chest hair and my shoulder hair on fire what the hell? like it's so it's so full and thick all you do is like comb it out you take a you take a lighter to it and it'll just <laughs> And it'll just burn. You just you just blow it out. No harm, no nothing. And people are like you got your lighter on you. <laughs> no, I don't. Oh my god! Well, I don't want to set the alarms off in this building and get us banned from here. But that's oh my gosh! It would smell terrible. I'd usually do it at the end of the night because I knew I was like, well, good. No one's gonna smell me. I'm yeah, passing shut out down. Now. Oh, yeah. But you saw the you saw the shoulder hair. Just I did, <laughs> but not that. But the fact that he's not setting his hair on fire, like. What the heck? Oh man, goodness yeah. gracious! <laughs> I don't, I don't advise that. I mean, yeah. yeah, and that was one of the funny things on YouTube. I, I did a video like that. I had this brilliant idea. This must be the next viral video I'm gonna do, and then YouTube's like, we can't monetize this. It needs to have an 18 or older tag on there, and this is like considered self harm. And I was like, oh, 
I, I just considered it a novelty party trick. Yeah, like self-harm. I was like, okay. Y'all let well, everything else fly on YouTube, but I can't set my own body hair on fire. T- technically, right, cool. it really is. Goodness gracious. I mean, you're, you're putting yourself on fire. This is true. Yeah. That was very interesting, Cuff. Yeah. That was very, very interesting. <laughs> so, okay. So now we kind of grown up, started, um, you know, receiving hairline, accept the balding. Um, one of the things I, I, I really appreciate about you, and, and you've been consistent, right, is this, like, tonality of humility, you know, and I'm just kind of curious, where does that stem from? Were you, did you, have you always been that way, kind of a, a quiet strength that you, that you possess? Yeah, I think I'd say, I'd say it's something like that. Um, I mean, it's funny because back in high school, I was very much like a class clown, got voted funniest person. I mean, I had a big personality and I was, I consider myself like a pretty friendly person. So I tried to like befriend everybody and just, I think there was a lot of humility with that. Like, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, you got to accept everybody. Um, but another thing that I grew up with is like, I had like a big gap in my teeth growing up, like wow. a really big gap. And I've actually had like, you know, I had braces in college. So it was something like I grew up with and it wasn't even until after high school where I was like, I'm going to get like some corrective, some orthodontics and things like that. And I didn't really date very much in high school. I mean, obviously, you know, grew up having crushes on any girl that was just too beautiful to have, like the whole story, like every you, you like love every Jennifer dude. Aniston, didn't you? Courtney Cox, all the way. Okay, there we go. My guy, my guy. Come we on, can't, we can't do the fr- <laughs> nah, nah, nah. friends is friends is terrible. No, um, <laughs> I agree. Um, but I didn't date, and I felt like I grew some humility. I also feel that because my older brothers didn't really date very, they didn't date either, and it was like just learned by example, but. As far as my own personal humility, I feel like I was more like an ugly duck. And so I didn't really grow into, I mean, I actually have a bit of like narcissism in a way, especially for being hairy or being out there to put myself out there and be on YouTube and all that stuff. But at the same time, like, I don't even think I became attractive until late twenties or early thirties. And then like starting to take care of my, myself, being healthy, being fit, uh, post-orthodontics and all that stuff. Embracing now, being bitches. Bald. <laughs> right. I mean, all those things were all of a sudden it's like, hey, I look great. And then I got married. So it was like, <laughs> it's, I always look at it like, it's. it was just a funny thing. Like, I'm ready to date. And then I just got married. That was it. I didn't really do even much more dating. So, Good. Yeah. Good for you. You're, you're not tainted. Yeah. That's amazing. This guy. <laughs> uh, so let me, let me switch gears, right? Because you've you've got these various different aspects of you right like you're a world beard champion you're a, a bodybuilder right so mm-hmm. obviously you mentioned your youtube page or whatnot i mean let's start with the beard thing like how does one register for the world beard championships what categories are there Hold what on. category let, did let, you let's, win let's ask the real question can i grow a thick beard no. No. Okay. <laughs> no. Well, that's the other thing. Once you start growing a beard and then you do the competitions, and it was very superficial, and it's supposed to be, like, I remember the best way someone described it is, like, it's like the Westminster of beards. Mm. Like, you're gall- you all walk out there. There's categories for each kind of beard. 
And I, I shit you not, you are just being judged on your beard. And they're so pretentious, and it's just, that's all it is. So every dude's, like, measuring each other up every time. You walk by a beard, you look at something. That's not a beard. That's not, you know, like. <laughs> he measures you up when you walk. <laughs> so many directions. No, well, I mean, like, what <laughs> strikes me now is that, like, out of we're 100% bearded out of the people in this room. That's that's how bearded, well, that's well, how accepted beards are yeah. now, man. Like, and I'm not saying, like, I was, you know, I always like to say I was cool before everyone else did it. Kind of, sort of, but I am just now amazed at how accepted beards are. Like, and it's been many years. This was like pre Duck Dynasty, like early, mm-hmm. nah, like mid 2000s. And I remember, like, one of my buddies was telling me, he's like, beards are like the new goatee. Like, the goatee was the counterculture thing to do. And mm. then after a while, I was like, you want to be like different? Just grow a beard. Like, no one walks around with a beard. And I think it was 2006. I was. Like probably, I think I was trying to grow a beard and I mean, the internet's still young. I'm looking up on the internet and I see like just the coolest, biggest beards. Like, you know, this, like this was, God, how many years ago was that? 23, like, almost, no. uh, like 17, 17, 17, 17 years. years ago. So to see like some dude with a, like a red beard down to his belly and then like these, the Germans style their beard. They're putting shapes and like yeah, wild the mustaches thing. with the, yeah all that. No, stuff. No, they got curls. Yeah, yeah, cur- yeah, like curls and symmetry and all this stuff. And I'm looking at these pictures. And I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome. Like, who who would have thought? And and I always stuck to the thing like, if I can't do it, then it's impressive. It's impressive to me if I can't do it. And so I saw those beards and I was like, I can do that. Like, you know, being as hairy as I was, I had a beard when I was in high school. I was like, I can grow, a, I can grow a beard, and then you grow it for a couple weeks. You're like, this itches. I'm done. You know? But. <laughs> So then I just started growing out my beard, did some research, found out like there's a whole beard team, USA. There's a, there's a guy running the beard team. There's a beard team, USA. Now there's... Are there a beard Olympics or, or is there an Olympic team? That, that, that is, well... That's where they're headed towards? That, that's what this that's is. That's basically what it is. Yeah, it's like the, a beard Olympics or like... But really the better way to put it is like the Westminster. Westminster, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because gotcha. you're just going to be judged. It doesn't... Re- you don't have to be athletic at all. It doesn't matter what you, you could. <laughs> I, I remember we used to joke, is like, especially back then in the 20 odds, it'd be like, you just go get a homeless dude. He'd win one of these categories. That's how like oh, wow. few beards there were. And now it's like, Duck Dynasty. I mean, the whole Duck Dynasty thing, Duck Dynasty thing happened. I mean, yeah. every every dude has a beard now. Like, it's almost commonplace. I mean, it really is striking because you, because remember going back then, like, you could turn on a commercial for. I don't know, whatever deodorant, whatever it was, some man's pride, clean shaven every time and no chest hair, nothing, just clean shaven. And that was a normal thing. And like, yeah, you remember like seeing a bearded dad in a car commercial driving the SUV. And I'm like, this just wouldn't have been here 10 years ago. Like yeah. beards were that's crazy. anti-cult, counterculture, not yeah. business, not business. You know. when, when you were growing up playing ball, did um, your coach in high school allow you guys to have facial hair? Uh, the school district did not allow us to have facial hair. So what I would do, uh, I would, cause you know, on Fridays you get out of school early if you got a game or whatever. So I would just grow everything out during the week. And then Friday we got to school early. I go get my hair cut, cut and cleaned up or whatever. So I'd have a beard from Friday night till Monday morning and then I'd shave it and then go back to school. So you had a beard in high school? Yeah. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. Shout out to and you. And then in college yeah. we weren't allowed to have facial hair during the season. So as soon as all season hit, I just let it all go. Well, I'm I'm late to the game, but I had the mustache and the, and the little little peach fuzz at the bottom. But I remember my high school coach was like, "You got to shave that." I was like, "Are you freaking kidding me?" Like, dude, 
This ain't. This looks like I just fell and hit my chin. You mm. know what I mean? Like, what are you talking about? But no, it's it's to your point. Like, you don't you don't realize it, but in commercials and, and TV ads or whatever, like, you didn't see that, and now it's it's everywhere. It's an industry. It's an industry. Yeah. So so. Circa 2006, 2007, somewhere around that, that time frame, right? You you discover this Westminster Beard Challenge um, competition or whatever. What is it like when you get out there and you're actually being judged? I mean, it's really nervous. Like, you're <laughs> real nervous. That's the other thing. Like, it's kind of this, you only get one shot. You're going to walk out there and, I mean, you really don't know. You're just like... What do I do? You just go walk down a line, and it's pretty fast, I guess. <laughs> but I guess for the most part, though, like, you have wild dreams because there's usually, like, notoriety, like, the people who win first or whatever it is, or biggest, the biggest beard, all this stuff. Like, what's what was starting to happen was it was making its way into, like, the media. There were pictures and websites and all this stuff was being generated. So you knew that, like, well, if I – come in first or whatever mm-hmm. i get to say i'm like well, you can walk around and say i'm a world beard champion i get to do all this stuff so um what was your category so there was like there's 16 categories <laughs> 16 so yeah they've got they got beards, mustaches what goats yeah Fu Manchu, they got, yeah they got all that stuff what's, what's the Man? is that that's the uh Fu Manchu's like this, and it yeah. goes straight down. Oh, okay. So yeah. it looks like... Um, like the Chinaman thing. The China, yeah, like a Chinaman. And yeah. so that was a really cool thing, too. A lot of people would dress up and do, like, different... I mean, like, entire outfits. And so you'd see guys wearing, like, the... Uh, what was it, like, the bamboo hats mm-hmm. and the like silk Like the guy gown. from Kill Bill all yeah, that. Yeah, they did. They would dress up and look like that. They're in the Fu Manchu category. And, you wanna, and it was so funny because, like... There were those categories, and I'm telling you, all you got to do is enter some of those categories. You get, like, third place. Because only, like, three or four people would do that one. That one was kind of odd. But then you have, like, a full beard category, which is, like, just who has the biggest, longest beard. Like, that was, like, a huge category. And so, yeah, there'd be, like, 30 or 40 people in there. And you see someone with, like, a half beard or whatever, you're like, yeah, he ain't going to win. <laughs> like, you're looking for, like, the guy with the beard down to his balls. Like, you're just like, I want to see the longest – Dude with a beehive on his face. Yeah, man. This one dude, he looked like a wizard. He'd come out with like a staff and like a shawl, all this, like, you know, this tape sounds way and everything. too good to be true. <laughs> and that's like, it was so cool and it was fun. The, here's, here's something for you, though, because this is back in like 2006. And the guy who ran the thing, he would actually organize the trips and like get us to the worlds wherever they were going. And he loved planning the trips. And a, a shout out to uh, Phil Olson. He's the. Original beard team. He's a self-appointed captain of Beard Team USA. And I'm telling you, without him getting young dudes in the United States to go to these competitions, I mean, I don't know where beards would be without that. I mean, it was really more like a German thing or like a European thing. And, um, yeah, I remember reaching out to him on the Internet. He's like, yeah, the whole package included, you know, all the stuff is – X amount and all you got to do is pay for your airfare. And I remember like, I think I wrote and sent him a check in the mail. <laughs> I sent a guy a check in the mail. Who you've never met. I've never met. <laughs> yeah, all, like the whole thing is like, I did that. And it's so funny because I just started, uh, I'd met my wife and we had started dating and I was growing my beard as we were like, you know, working together and as I was courting her and everything. And 
And I had to explain to her, like, I met a person on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I just gave him some money. Yeah, I gave him some money. I hope you don't think that's really weird or anything. Like, don't think I'm a fool. All this stuff. Um, and the first one was going to be in, like, London. It's going to be in Brighton, England. So there's a whole trip, like a, a nine-day trip over oh, to wow. London. And then, like, a few days down to Brighton Beach. And um, not only that, I told her, like, I think it was probably in the spring or something. And it occurred in September. And I had to tell her. And I was like, you're completely on, like, you're completely okay if you want to go with me, but it's something I've already planned, and I've sent this guy a check. I'm, I'm totally doing it, and she wanted to go, and so I thought that was really cool, and she has, like, luckily, she's got some international travel experience. In fact, more than me, I think she had, she had a passport, and I didn't, so I had to go get a passport and everything, and, um, and I was really glad that she was able to go and to attend, um, and she's always been, like, a great travel companion, and, um, actually proposed to her over in, in London. So that was like a really, it was a strange time. It's like post 9-11, I'm going through like JFK or LaGuardia, one of the major airports to go over the pond. And something about having a gigantic beard just screams random bag check. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is when like beards aren't accepted quite the way. And I got I got a diamond ring in my bag. I, I literally have this diamond ring that I'm like, I'm trying to take this over there. I'm totally going to propose to her overseas. And yeah, man, they had me like, oh, take off your belt, open up the bag, do it. Like doing all these random things. I'm like, what in the hell? Like what sensor went off? You know, this is like pre-TSA level stuff too. And <laughs> I was like, man, I hope they don't make me pull a diamond ring out of my bag and be like, you know, we, well, is this what you're looking for? You know, but I did end up like uh, proposing to her over the over the Thames, right across from like Westminster Abbey at night with like the reflection on the water with the Westminster and his, um, yeah, it was very, very beautiful. You got a, you got a tear coming from my eye right now. <laughs> I tell you, you got to do it though. Yeah, I mean, no, any, you did it big. Yeah. You got to like, is any place like me, in America that romantic? A couple different it. times. Yeah. <laughs> this new version of you. <laughs> you'll, you'll get it right. eventually. <laughs> Hey, third time's charm, boss. Yeah, man, hopefully. No, man, you're uncuffed now. Yeah, you that's it. To, I've always been. I've always out been. you. No, so um, I'm glad you brought up your wife, but I want to I want to talk about her for a quick second. But what what was the category that you became world champion in? Oh, right, Garibaldi. Huh? So Garibaldi. That sounds like pizza or chocolate. There is, so that's an odd thing. There actually is a Garibaldi's pizza. Yeah, I mean, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah, there's a Garibaldi's pizza in Memphis, Tennessee, where yeah, I was There's born. a Grimaldi's too, right? Yeah, yeah Grimaldi's but Garibaldi, it sounds like a pizza. But anyways, I'm sorry. There is. It's an actual pizza chain. I went to school with some Italians in Memphis, and they have a place called Garibaldi's. And um, yeah. it's actually named after, the beard category is named after Giuseppe Garibaldi, who's like an Italian liberator. And he was known for having like, he was known for having a beard. So it was really cool, like post beard world where I'd like go around or you like look up stuff and like you'll see pictures of Giuseppe Garibaldi. I'm like, oh yeah, I know who that is. He's got a beard. Like that's like that's a you know point in history. Like, oh yeah, he's got a beard. I'm so, gonna Google a picture of yeah. Giuseppe Garibaldi. He's gonna have a beard. So like <laughs> um there's basically like my hair this is where it gets kind of weird. So like you get all these different hair categories and obviously you want to be the best at something and everything and like my one year beard looks like this. It's big. Then my three-year beard looks like this. It looks the same. Uh-huh. I have Googled a picture of Giuseppe Garibaldi, and he looks like a mountain man of that time. Yeah, usually we'll have okay. like one leg forward. It's just, like his it's just a real strong, yeah, manly beard. Yeah. Looks like he could, he, he could survive in the Italian winter. 
Well, I'm now, Italian, so it, like all of a sudden it started to make a lot of sense. Like this must be the kind of beard that I can grow. But the thing is, my beard is a curly beard, as curly as y'all's is. Like y'all's facial hair mm-hmm. and your head hair. My hair is the same way. Like I got an Afro pick at home. I got I had to oh. get all these different styling products. I was using Activator at one point. Like I had I had friends who were like, no, no, no. You, <laughs> You need to go over here. You need to go to this section. Let's get you some Luster's Pink Moisturizer. Yeah. <laughs> some Motions Hair Conditioner. Yeah. Welcome to our world. I know, man. man. Some so Glow. So Glow activated. So hold on, hold on. All of that stuff. Have you been ins- inside of Sally's Beauty Supply? Yes. That's not, awesome. the, that's not the yes, true one. He's got, no, no. You can go way deeper than that. I know that. I know yeah. that. But, you know, hey, we'll see how deep he got into the pool. Yeah. I like, like well, the one time I went, went to this one, like, uh, Salon. I mean, I've never even been in that world. I mean, they had like the combs, the heated combs, the hot combs. I remember walking in this place, man. Those ladies drop. They look over at me and they're like, "Are you lost? Like, what in Memphis too? Right? No, this was this is actually in Springfield, Missouri, which is really weird that you know that would even exist. Memphis would, yeah. I mean, I don't even know how to. We should have walked like anybody braiding hair. (laughs) Probably could. So like there's this inspiration you see all the styled beards and all this stuff and then um, I find out like my beard is not stylable like you know they one dude even said like you would never style that like you'd have to get a, like a flat iron a hot yeah, press you know, it out yeah you'd have to do all that stuff you're gonna damage it and so I was I thought like I had these big dreams of, like I'm gonna have a big old styled beard I'm gonna do all this stuff and then I come to realize like. I just got like a curly mass of hair on my beard or on my face. <laughs> and, but it was cool. Cause like, at least my, like some of the other friends, the bearded, the beardos, the bearded guys, like some of them were really envious of that. Like it made it seem cool, which I was like, that's how like inclusive and cool the community was. Cause they're like, dude, you have like a cool beard. Like, I wish I had your beard. And I'm like, no, I wish I had your beard, man. But I wish I had y'all's beard. <laughs> well, like I could like pull the hair down. It would come like all the way down to my chest. And if I let go, you didn't know which hair it was. Like, it would just spring right back. It was just a mass of hair. And some of these dudes, you know, you put, like, a, a pencil in their beard, and it just, like, it's going to fall through. And I could, I can fit 50 pencils in here. They ain't <laughs> moving. Like, I can just sit here and just shove objects in my beard, and it won't move. Like, it's just so curly and wiry and thick. But then, like, that was my category. So, like, when I went out there, I ended up winning, I think, in, like, uh, 2011. Went to Trondheim, Norway. That was where one of the international beard competitions was, and I, I ended up placing, and it was cool. I like was able to say I'm a beard champion now, so. I, which to this day, to this day, I've never heard of that before. Yeah, so that's that's amazing. Now let's let's kind of switch gears because you you told that beautiful kind of poetic story, romantic story about your wife, mm-hmm. and I want to spend a little bit of time here. Um. You, you didn't date a lot in high school and I'm assuming college, right? Didn't date any pretty right. much. Yeah. And then but 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 you know, we live in this world that's so impacted by media, right? And, and now especially social media, right? We didn't really have that when we were coming up, but maybe it was on the at the beginning phases or state it was at the beginning stages of that. But but point being you had a lot of different influencers or drivers like telling people how you should feel, what you should be doing, how you, you know, you should work here, you should do all this stuff. And you're kind of trekking along on your own path. And you find this woman who accepts you for you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to know kind of from an emotional or mental perspective, like what that must have felt like, somebody that's going to accept 
all of this hair on my back and like I mean that that's that's a big it was a hard sell. Yeah. Yeah, like it's a yeah, or a big ask. I mean, it was um I don't know. I I can recall at least I think the first time not to be like you know, you're going to get to that point where like, you know, the intimacy and stuff and it's like, well, she's going to find out sooner or later or whatever it may be. If she was fine with it. I mean, that's the other thing too. She didn't get her hand stuck in your back when no, <laughs> you were working. Not quite. She didn't want to light it on fire or anything <laughs> either, but but in general like I don't know. You you get. I wasn't. I I wasn't nervous about it though. That was another thing. Like I just like if it's meant to be. Like I'm not gonna walk. Or, like I'm not gonna be this person walking around who's known as being the hairiest man on the planet. And it's sure enough, decade later, I, maybe I will be. But you know, she's gonna accept me for who I am. And you know, we work together. I will say this: the place that we worked. Was a very, it was a very, uh, I don't want to say traumatic. It was a high stress place. It was actually a children's mental hospital. And we both worked there for years. And so what I would say is there's a lot, like you see like the real true side of somebody when they're working in a crisis scenario. Yeah, especially with a child. Yeah. And so that's where she started to probably see more of me as a real human and like how... I was going to say like almost how heroic you can be. Like, you know, you're going to do certain things or be in scenarios and there's obviously some dangerous scenarios and things that can happen. Um, this is a children's psych hospital ranging from, you know, small little three, four, five-year-olds all the way up to age 18. So you can have people as aggressive that, you know, their next step is going to be behind bars or some sort of go between. Mm-hmm. And then you have people who are like child sex offenders or people who are have been offended and all kinds of stuff. So you just see people, the people who work there, and there's a lot of good people that work in those those um, those places. Like you know, you're gonna see the better sides of those people if they can help another person and um, you know, step up to the plate. So I think my wife definitely accepted me for that. She knew knew what I was more capable of, and then. Outside of that, you have like a playful sort of like, hey, you know, you're you're funny. You just want to like have fun and um, yeah, the hair and all that stuff and the acceptance. That was all just gravy, I think. By then, that's dope. Yeah, but I will say this: we started to grow together and not grow hair. Not grow hair. <laughs> you grow together and Pun like intended. Yeah, I find like our our wives couples our lives, that grow hair together. <laughs> yes. She had to put up with it. That's she the, she got pretty tired of it. I think some of her comments, at least when we were overseas, like over in London, she's like, I'm so tired of people stopping stopping you on the street and asking for your picture, you know, or like, and it's so weird. I was like, I don't know what else to tell you. That kind of, That's kind of like what we're here for. It'll, it'll, it'll all be over. We'll go back and, you know, it won't happen like that. But um, I started being vegan around the time I started dating her. So I actually get to claim I've been vegan longer than I've been married. And I think we just celebrated, oh my gosh, we just celebrated 14 years. So 15 years is on the horizon. Jeez, thus. Yeah, so that's a long time. It's time for a steaks to celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> steak to celebrate. Uh, cauliflower steak. <laughs> cauliflower steak. Um, but it was really cool to be able to have, like you, you mentioned <clears throat> how it is to accept somebody for who you are right. or to be different and walk a different path. And to me, like, uh, I mean, yeah, it was a choice. Like all of a sudden, you know, I found some information, I read a book, I educated myself and all of a sudden I made like a, like a big lifestyle change. 
and it's something that's just a part of me. And it's hard. Like that's, it's a running joke. Like, how do you know, how are you going to find out who the vegan is in the room? It's like, don't worry. They'll tell you. Yep. Like, <laughs> that that's absolutely true. Like, don't worry. <laughs> From a guy who used to work in a restaurant, that is exactly, that, that is the absolute truth. You don't even have to ask what, oh, by the way, I'm vegan. It's like, okay, well, half the menu just flew out the window. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to, they're, they're going to tell you. There's even like, I think I saw a comic where like, there's a dude standing at a urinal and some other guys like standing in there. And then like the next frames, like. I'm vegan. <laughs> he just like just looks over. Just, By the way, I'm vegan. So, um, but uh, you know that's a huge lifestyle change, and um, it's a huge change for her too. And then and like she accepted it. A lot of people think like you know the woman is the one who makes the man become vegan, or oh you you probably were trying to score with her, and so you were doing whatever it took. And it's like no, it's kind of the other way around. So, that's desperate as a <laughs> Yeah, you gotta change your whole eating habits. I think You're I've heard so that. Jaded right now. No, that's not jade. I mean, jadeism that that like if you you're gonna change your whole eating like lifestyle just to get it's love, man. No, no, no. That's not what he said. He I know said just to get uh, climb the mountain. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, I'm sorry. No, I mean that's this that's, is awesome. It's what people usually assume, and um, it's really cool to be like, no, that was my choice, and um, and I could go real deep into like what that all means to me and everything, but it's it's not necessary. My biggest thing is like I did it for health, and I wasn't necessarily an unhealthy person either. It's just something I was pursuing, and yeah. um, and then you want to think, well, I'm so counterculture, you know, with a beard and you know hipster vegan beard, you know heavy metal, whatever it may be, that's like different about me. The thing is, veganism has been around for decades, and it's definitely catching on. I can't believe how mainstream it is. Where it's like, well, isn't well, I don't want to go down this vegan road right now. I but did it before; it's cool. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say now. <laughs> but I mean, you had vegetarians way before yeah. all of this. Like, why are we making it such a big deal? But I, I, I just wanted to make sure that we gave your wife her props and you know her, 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 her shine, if you will. Because I think that's, uh, you know, very big of her. Like, she's a vegan too now, right? Yeah. yeah and so she accepts you for who you are. You guys have great chemistry, great relationship. Um, across the pond, right? Um, and now she's a vegan. I, I just think it's really cool that you're able to be who you are at all times. And you have someone that, that also supports that. So I, I just think that's a dope dope story yeah that's hard to come by i totally understand like that's 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 a rare yeah it's a rare thing and um i'm glad we got married and you know she's just been the best companion yeah (laughs) (laughs) there's all those things it's almost like do i brag about it or not i don't know i mean every day i'm like i cannot believe this woman uh chose to be with me and like every day we make each other laugh and it's just like I don't know. I think the longer the years, like the more years go by, you just get like softer and softer about it. Is she growing more hair on her arms or anything? No. The funny thing is like she, I think she just shaved her legs. Like we went down to like Corpus for the weekend or something like that. But I don't even think she really needs to shave her legs. Like I can't really feel her hair until she shaves her legs. And then it's like more prickly. I'm like, you have so few hairs. Might as well just let it grow out. I don't really care. Trust me, I'm an expert. Yeah, yeah, I am. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I really don't care. Like, you can barely even see them. So I'm like, I don't really care. But so I, I kind of started this show um, talking about like this humility and, and spirit, right? And and 
you know, you're, you're super fun. I don't even know how long we've been recording, but I mean, it, it flows, you know what I mean? And so, um, one of the things that we talked about off, uh, offline or off air was your, your job. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think this is really cool. And this, cause I didn't know the story about the wife and I didn't even know the, like the, the Westminster beard challenger. I didn't know any of that when we first talked, but what I did hear was your employment situation and what you were going through. And I, and I, I just looked at you and like with, with grace and, and, but, but also with like confidence, like, yo, this is where I'm at. And I was just like, yo, that is amazing. So, mm-hmm. Uh, to all of our visionaries and those are the people that you know that rock with us, w- you know let's let's go let's talk about your journey, right? So what's interesting is you were you in Colorado? Was that? Uh, yeah, last year. Okay, last year. So you so. worked for a national grocery chain store, mm-hmm. right? Uh, not a huge brand, but at least we all know it, right? Mm-hmm. And you moved from one location to Denver. Yeah, I moved from like I was back home in Springfield, Springfield. Mo. Okay, that was like during COVID, and then went to Denver to yep. train for this company. Yep. So you went and uprooted, took your wife. Yeah. Right. She she goes along with you. You're up in Denver. You guys do uh, that for a period of time, and then recently, within 2023, recent, mm-hmm. you move to Texas. Yeah, a little old town, Fredericksburg, Texas. Into Fredericksburg. Yeah. So it was like two moves. That was like one of the biggest commitments too, where it's like, I want to go do this. It was like, well, you're going to move to Denver and then you're going to move again. You're going to finish and you got to move again. So I got real lucky uh, that we were able to do that. And I don't know. I mean, just kind of backtrack and give like some really broad scope of, of how it all came to be. Like uh, we moved to Austin, Texas in 2014. And that was for her. Like, she had a career. Both of us have our master's degrees. We were living just a quiet life in Springfield, Missouri, where every Christmas and every family gathering takes place and all that stuff. <clears throat> and one one day she's like, I really want to do more. And, you know, it is, com- it is linked to some of the veganism. Like, I went back to school after becoming vegan to pursue a, a degree, a master's degree in health. Yeah. And she wanted to become a culinary chef. And so she looked up some of the places. You got, like, American Culinary Institute, um, you know, certain places, and she found some, like, vegan, vegetarian, macrobiotic, Ayurvedic culinary school. Jesus. And I know all this. A whole lot of oddics. <laughs> Gluten-free, low-sodium, free-range, all the way in Austin, Texas. And so we just, like, that was, like, our first big, like, we are leaving home. We are doing something else. And I was like, I will find a job there if that's what you really want to do. And so we moved to Austin. She went and did that. I obviously found small work and still doing some. I mean, that's when I started pursuing more of the YouTube stuff and everything as well. And she got a couple different jobs. And then by 2017, 2018, she wanted to go back to school again. She wanted to get a PhD. And she actually, like, studied more, applied, did all that. And so by 2018, she's like, I've got two places we I can go for a PhD she had been accepted and um one of them was Boston and so I was like okay so we looked around and one of them was um was it Bloomington Indiana I think and then the other one was Austin 
or uh, Boston. So yeah, we moved like, you know, from 2014, living in Austin, living in a big city, going from small town life to big city life. Then we go to Boston. We were there for two years and she's getting through some of her program and then COVID happened. So uh, we moved back to Springfield as soon as she kind of finished like the in-person part of her program as much as after that. And then of course with COVID and everything, like everything's remote. The world changed. The world totally changed. So I was like, I'm not going to sit here and live in Boston and just be paying out the teeth. <laughs> so, um, so I, to go kind of fast forward a little bit, we've lived in five different cities in the past five years. I mean, wow. 2018 was Austin to Boston. 2020 was Boston to Springfield. 2022 was Denver. Like last year was Denver. Then now back to Fredericksburg, Texas. I mean, we started like we're moving and doing all these things. So as far as like being humble about it is like we've kind of been, it's kind of been part of that. Like we just move around and everything. And I was ready to develop a career at this point. Like I got into a company. I'm like, yeah, I'm 40. I don't mind doing 20 years for a company. I'm ready to do this. I want to build some financial wealth, do whatever. Like, you know, we have no kids. I'm ready to just devote the rest, the second half of my life, whatever it may be. Like, I'm ready for the career. And, yeah, I mean, we moved. And it's not easy to, like, break lease or find incomplete leases. Like, we were only in Denver for, like, nine or ten months. So it's, like, that's a hard lease to find. And then we knew we had to move within like a couple of weeks to Fredericksburg. So I was like, okay, get whatever lease we can. We got like a 15 month lease. So still got almost like an entire year there. And I was there for about three months and I lost my job. And I was just like, I don't know. You, I was prepared to do it all. I was working really hard. I was working 60 hours, sometimes up to 70 hours a week. And I was just ready to devote my life to a company. And that was, that was yep. Just Snip. It's gone. Up out of there. So. You say it all the time. Uh, they don't really love us like that. Mm. And the, the second that you're done, they'll have an ob- uh, have a what do you say? Have a posting up before your obituary is finished, That's right? One hundred percent. So that I guess leads into like the whole bodybuilding slash YouTube thing, right? Because this is how I discovered you. Like he sent me a text. He's like, "Hey, I found her. I guess and he sends me a YouTube video of this guy getting like all this hair shaved off of him. I was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "This is our next guest on the show." <laughs> I was like, "What?" So how do you venture into the world of bodybuilding? And obviously, you know, they're all the hair you have. Like, obviously, you're a little bit different than just the average guy at Gold's Gym. Yeah. So there's always something going against you. Like, whether it was being the bearded person, it's like, well, now I got the curliest beard. I only got one category I can compete in. I can't yeah. even, like, style my beard. I can't do it. It's just, like, this is all you got. You got black people here. Yeah, I, I do. It's like just. How you understand? It's just a fro on my face, hey, man. My, my boy. But I get to understand that part. I like it because I get to, like. You I, get it now. I, yeah, I get, I get it. Um, but then, yeah, like, once you go into bodybuilding, most people, I took off my shirt to be like, you don't have what it takes for, like, this, this is too much. Like, this is too much of a problem, you know? Like, you got too much hair. Like, I, I honestly was ready to go out on stage looking like that. I didn't know. Like, he shocked the world. He'd have gone up. Yeah, to I was like, like is this not bro. cool? And I remember like talking to one of the guys, and he's like, "You got to shave it off. You're not there to look hairy. You're there to look ripped and muscular. Mm-hmm. They do not see through your hair and just determine like, well, that must be what's under there. That must be fun. like, no, no, no. You need to show off everything you have. So, um, yeah, I'd say like somewhere back where I had a beard, I made like my first viral video, and I'm talking like filmed it, uploaded it never did anything and when you put like the right the right combination of words in there and i'm not like 
I mean, everything's clickbait, but like you also want to maximize your exposure. If you're going to make something to be art or be clicked on, mm -hmm. you want it to be clicked on. You're not like, oh, I just put this out here. And so I remember putting like world beard champion shaves off his beard. Like there had already been like some videos of people like shaving off their beard, getting a before reaction, before and after with their daughter who had never seen, like a dad had never seen uh, a daughter never seen their father, you know, without a beard or the pet, the pets freak out when they see a man without a beard, you know, yeah. or something like that. Like those things existed, but world beard champion shaves off beard was like, Oh, that's the magic combination. And like it, it got viral enough and it was like, well, you know, it was enough to have like, you know, subscriber, a subscriber count that's building and all that stuff. I don't think I ever really touched much of the YouTube from that video. And then I started really like, getting into so much health stuff, working out. And I was like, I'm going to go do a competition, I guess. Like you eventually put that carrot on a stick, like make yeah. a goal. I don't even care what it is. It's like, just like someone who's going to go run a marathon. It's right. like, well, you're going to run more than you've ever ran at once. You're building towards a goal. So if you at least like running and doing that, put the goal out there. So I was like, I'm going to go to this competition. It was a really cool play. It's a, they do it every year, I think. It's a pretty much a yearly thing. It's the Naturally Fit Games in Austin, Texas, which fits really well because it's like Austin's pretty fit. They're pretty uh, granola-eating hippies and all that <laughs> stuff. I don't know. So you go to the Naturally Fit Games, which is just no steroids, no nothing. Like it's all just like, you know, like toned down. I mean, I think one of the winners might get like a pro card or something like that. And there are pros that go there, but there's no unnatural substances. It is the naturally fit games. So. Chicken breast and green beans. Yeah, just real plain. Not for him. Tofu nah. and broccoli. <laughs> nah. So I went to that, build, just hitting the gym, doing everything healthy, building towards a health goal. And I just knew, like, oh, I'm going to make a video. I got to shave this off anyways. So I knew I was going to film it all the same way I did the beard thing. And I'm like, I'm going to film this. And I'm going to upload it. And I knew, like, it was going to be viral. I knew it was going to be really viral. And I had, like, the like the thing in my head, like, you know, world's hairiest bodybuilder shaves chest and back. Or bodybuilder. Like, what for bodybuilder. Like, as big as the title, it's got all the words in there. Mm -hmm. You look for world's hairiest something, you're finding that. You're looking for bodybuilder. No one's a hairy bodybuilder. All the stuff. But you usually got those like transformation videos where people are just taking like the pictures every day and they're going through like here's where I was and then like eighteen months later or six months later here's how ripped I am, but no one had like a here's what I look like with my shirt off and I'm hairy and then I got to shave all that off and it's like here's what I actually look at, look like transformation wise, and that was like I mean to the day I could like it was exactly like seven days one week after I put that video out there and then it just it went viral, but. Am I a bodybuilder? I mean, you know, I, I think the biggest compliment I could get on that video, people are like, man, that's what steroids do to you. And I'm like, people, other guys are like, you think that's what steroids is? Right, man? Yeah, like, exactly. That guy doesn't touch steroids. <laughs> like, that's not what someone who does steroids is like. But if you go to those competitions, they have like physique, you know, like you don't have to be the biggest muscles, like, you know, Ronnie Coleman or Jay Cutler or Arnold Schwarzenegger, whatever the biggest names in the biz are. You don't have to look like that. They have like how... I want to say like how fit looking are you? Mm -hmm. It's basically like, you know, it's kind of like, and it's again, the perfection back of the, the human body. Yeah. We're back to like the Westminster. There's different categories. There's, yeah. there are. And so, yeah, I had like, you know, just to go out there on stage and it was so to wrap it up with my wife and everything too. Like she was my biggest fan there. Like it used to be like, I'm 
so tired of you having a beard. I'm so tired of being stopped on the street and people are taking our picture or your picture and all that stuff. And then it was just so humbling. Like I look back at the video that she shot. She was there. Not a lot of other like vegan dudes were there. Usually there's like a group of vegan bodybuilders and that community is growing online and everything. And there was like no one there. Usually the vegan bodybuilders are going to go to the Austin, Texas naturally fit games and there's no one there. I was not part of a team. I didn't have any support. I had like maybe one or one or two other people there who knew me, but like the only person there was my wife. And I'm telling you, like looking back at the video and she's the one cheering for me mm. and she loved it. And it was just like, that was real. Like, I like your wife. Yeah. Yeah. You know what it is though? You just get that partner in life. Like, you know, we don't have kids. We don't have that other stuff going on. We don't have kids. So it's like, who's the other person who like, no matter what supports you for who you are and the decisions you make and the best and the worst of times, like all that stuff is the vows and everything, but it's like, but she does. And I do for her too. Like we uprooted twice. We went to Austin, Texas. We go to Boston. Like we, we live our lives together and we accept as good and as bad as it gets. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I, I kind of told you, um, there was a lot. Mm-hmm. Here, right it's good though yeah it's 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 really 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 cool man um i'm honored and to to understand or get a better understanding i should say of of all this stuff right but what's super interesting is that you take a guy who who a lot of people would look at it as a as a negative and say, oh, my God, I got all this hair, blah, blah, blah. Like, look at me. I don't have no hair in my arms. But uh, they would say, why am I plagued with this, right? But you've parlayed that into two separate judging competitions. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's amazing to me. You know? You, Dude, you, thanks. That, like, I think that's so freaking cool. I, I think you really nailed it on the head where it's like, the, the cool thing about the videos and there's like, I have like a small following. I hope to make it bigger. I'm getting back into it. I'm just going back to, you know, back to the old drawing board. But I think there's a lot more there than just being the hairy personality on the internet. A lot of dudes, I mean, when people say I read the comments, when people say that about what people read the comments. So, and when I do, I mean, I couldn't tell you how many people say like, I used to be so, I'm like so hairy and uncomfortable about it. And this video made me feel so much better about it. I'm like, and it's real. Like, I don't, I don't care if no, it's it is. one person or 10 or a thousand. And there's thousands of comments on there from the good and the bad. And there's literally just comments from people all over the world. Doesn't matter what nationality, what country or whatever. And they're like, dude, this inspires me. Or like, I, I'm really hairy and, and ashamed. And they're just like, you have so much confidence <laughs> You turned it into something positive. Yeah. I'm so glad that like there's something like that. And I think it'll be, if I could, I would, you know, the, the whole trend of the beards, I think at some point, you know, like maybe hairy chested dudes will be more accepted. We'll be back where like the Burt Reynolds era, where like the dudes with <laughs> chest hair will be like normal and like. Good old Burt Reynolds. Yeah. And it's like, that's okay. And I mean, pimp, dudes have been shaving their chest for years <laughs> or fighting with that and doing all the manscaping and whatever. And it's like. Yeah, well, I think we're in an era where like facial hair, head hair, doesn't matter what what it is, man. Well, body hair. Well, hold on. <laughs> Not all the body hair, but I mean, you know. Why well, we want to pull out the Step Brothers? Like, have you seen that scene in Step Bros? My chest pubes down to my, my dick fro. 
Oh, oh man. man. I'm not going down that road. Um, but Pia, is it time to land the plane? It is. It is. It's Thank been you amazing. for booking yeah. this guest. Yeah, for sure. Really good. So as we close the show out, um, Devin, thank you. First of all, thank you for making the trip. Uh, thanks for being on the show. Thank you guys. And he, for so me. he, you know, he drove up here and he's he's he studied. So mm. we can't come with the normal. Yeah. Hey. So uh, well, yes, we can because we have no idea what his perspective is going to be. Well, I'm I'm curving it. There's a round table, and you get five other guests at your table. Who are your guests at the table, dead or alive? The only stipulation is it can't be, you know, God or Jesus, whatever religious religious entity you believe in. Okay. So, if I had to pick five people, dead or alive, mm-hmm. um, gotta have Jimi Hendrix in there. There it is. Oh, I don't think so. If we, if if we've had somebody we say go Jimmy Hendrix, on that it's one. been a minute. Really, I had to like think. I came, so I'm glad you. I mean, I'm glad I, I was doing yeah. a little preparation. Yeah, I want to do. We, I want to do my homework and yeah, then yeah, not get it's the same a soft, test He questions. gave you a softball, but you know, the weird thing is about Jimmy is he's part of the 27 Club, so he doesn't have a lot of wisdom. He died young, mm-hmm. but I, I had to pick. He was green. that young, and that weird. I, I know. I was like, like his early 30s. I didn't know he was 27. Didn't he conquer the world or do all this? Like, no, man. I like, didn't know that. I didn't know that either. He died before the Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift's like in her 30s right now. She's, right? she's like, old. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah, you see people like you know the but Tupac died at what, like 25, 26 years old. I think. There's so, some, yeah. yeah, but I do. I have Jimmy, Jimmy there, and I picked um, Yuval Noah Harari. Who's that? <laughs> He's an author. Okay. He's an extremely intelligent dude. I think he's his nationality. I think he's over in Israel, but he's like a world author now. He did a book called Sapiens. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's kind of he's he's done a few. He's got like a lot of history and all this stuff. But living, I really he's love still him. living. Yeah, he's still alive. Okay. I think he might be the only live person on this list too. By the way. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I went. To, is it a long book? Mm, I can't even recall. I did it like book on tape, which I'm I'm totally like fine consuming books like that because when you got to commute in Texas, like mm-hmm. you can you can finish a book in like a couple of weeks doing yeah. your hourly commute, you know. Yeah. Like, but great book, and then Sapiens, Sapiens, and that, that one's good. You got <clears throat> that one's good. Um, Temujin, so deep. Now his name. More commonly, we know him as Genghis Khan, mm. but he's the greatest conqueror in the history of the world. A historian buff right. over of here. history. Yeah, I think right. he is one of the most fascinating people. I, I, if I could just go back in time, be a fly on the wall, the two people I would like love to just watch and see what the hell's going on would be <coughs> him during his reign, just to see like just to see it in real time. Yeah, and then um, I think the most underappreciated person is to you know. It's obviously open to everybody's opinion, but I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall when when Geronimo was thrown oh. around. And yeah. I always say, like, I would love to have been there the day he decided he wasn't taking it no more. Yeah, the day he just like, man, f all this, y'all just gonna come and get me. That I would love to be like in the TP or whatever, wherever he was when that thought hit his mind. He said, "The hell with all this, I'm not doing it." Yeah, I hear you. I like I like the fact that I think they've. If trace back Genghis Khan, I think it's like 
one out of every seven people in China. So like, like all that. one seventh cousins. Mm-hmm. That's how, like around the world, like in a, like in America, I think we're like all one twelfth cousins or whatever. But over there, they're all one seventh cousins. That's how, that's how conquering he was. He was out there. He was out there. <laughs> All right, so, so on the got, wild oats, but so we got Jimmy, we got Genghis Khan, yeah, we got Jimmy Genghis Khan, Harari, the author, Yo, Yovel Noah Harari. Um, two more. Uh, let me see. I had to pick an artist. I picked. It was kind of a toss up, but I was gonna. I was like, I gotta give some props to my Italian heritage. I'll go with Da Vinci. Cool. Of course, he's extremely brilliant too. He's like. Batting a thousand yeah. right now. <laughs> For real. Yeah. Was that or I was like, maybe Picasso? But then I looked up and like. He's not Italian, though, is he? His name is. So that's the thing. His name is. I don't think he was actually. But he's like Spain. Yeah, was, he wasn't actually like, Italian. No. I mean, lineage wise, I mean, you know, he's. But Picasso's pretty. But anyways, Da Vinci. Da Vinci. And then um, my last one, this one's going to. This, no, this is on no one's list. In fact, I don't really know you've, how to. You've hit four people that's on. Yeah, keep going. We've been doing this for five years, and oh, for real? Yeah, yeah. We haven't this, had any this. This one's gonna Pretty blow good. your mind. You're not gonna have this one. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. I think it's T. Kwong Nuke. Who is? So I'll give you a little. Here's how you find out who this person is. You guys ever heard of the band Rage Against the Machine? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. You guys ever seen? So they have their self-titled album. You can Google this, by the way. You look up Rage Against the Machine, first album, self-titled, Rage Against the Machine, the cover of that album, he's on it. So this dude, let me see. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to, like, propose, like, he's a Buddhist monk. Okay. Okay. And this guy, the picture, that picture of him on Rage Against the Machine's album, that one, Time Magazine, you can just Google it, yeah. That one, Time Magazine's picture of the year. I'm Googling it. I know, and it's so weird because I've listened to Raging His Machine, grew up a metalhead, and all this stuff, and uh, I don't even think it was probably till five or six years ago or sometime in my later life where I was like, I didn't know that was like a real, that, that's a real person on the cover of that that album. And it just didn't really stand, like, so he's a Buddhist monk, and he gets in his car, he drives all the way to Saigon. Wait a minute, he's a monk with a car? Hang on. Okay. <laughs> so this is during the Buddhist crisis over there. This is back in the 60s. This is like JFK's president and everything. And this guy drives, gets out of his car, douses himself with gasoline, sits down in a crowded inter- crowded intersection and lights himself on fire. Did you see did you see the picture? Yes, I did. He self-immolates. He lights himself on fire. He's just sitting there cross-legged. And the photographer takes these pictures. It's got like he's protesting the South Vietnam president because they had like they had killed some Buddhist monks. Like all of a sudden, like the government is not hospitable towards this religion. And this is him like making a statement. And I remember just you, you see this picture. The the guy wins like Time Magazine Picture of the Year. JFK's like this is one of the most historic. Right, that photo. Oh, the uh, the image of the guy yeah. getting his brains blown out in Vietnam. Yeah, and then yeah. like maybe like the Earth when they took the picture of Earth from the from outer space. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and so this picture, it says like the act and everything. This this dude, but the picture says more to me. 
And I just didn't know growing up, looking at that album, I didn't even know if it was real or not. I don't know who the guy was. And I'll tell you what, no matter who you are, if you go and I don't know a Buddhist monk right now. I don't know one by name. I, there's not someone I idolize who's a Buddhist monk. None of them are willing to, sell, willing to set themselves on fire, though. Right. And this guy was nobody <laughs> until this thing happened. And I'm not saying people are nobodies, but it's the statement and everything. But to me, it's the picture. So, of, of course, the act and everything to protest in this way. But if you look at that picture and that dude's face, he's about he knows what he's going to do. I mean, any person. I mean, it's a it's a taboo thing to, to do that, to take one's life. But to go through all that stuff mentally, to decide you're going to do this because your Buddhist brothers have been killed and then he knows he's going to leave this earth and then you look at that picture and just all of a sudden it hit me i was like his face is just calm and quiet because he had already he had already left mentally he had already left you know what i mean i don't know about you but i've ever even touched a stove and like ah like you know like <laughs> this dude is sitting cross-legged on the ground lights himself on fire and his face is peaceful he's not flailing he's not doing he's not screaming not nothing and he left the earth mm. and that was that was his statement and like you think about what people do when they meditate and they build themselves we didn't really get into too much in this podcast about building oneself up and being you know being strong and how we you know set goals and reach plateaus and all this stuff but that dude was stronger mentally than i don't think any i'll, I'll ever be to not only choose to do that act, but to just not show pain. Like bodily pain meant nothing to this dude. He lit himself on fire and just sat there. And then Mind is a it. powerful thing, man. He took the mama mentality and 10X on it. Hey, mind is a powerful thing. Yeah. So so I'm just curious now, what, what do you want to ask him or talk about? What don't you ask somebody with no, mental that, like, strength? Yeah, I but mean, I'm yeah, just like, like, what do you like? What does it take to be that strong? Like, what? Like, if you have to ask, you'll never know. Yeah, like I just, <laughs> right. what level of meditation you probably yeah. get? You know what? What the hours and years and I mean, you know, there's you got a there's a Malcolm Gladwell book over there. You got like outliers. You know, we all know the ten thousand out ten thousand hours to be considered an expert or whatever. That guy's probably million hours. I don't even know. Like how many hours does it take to have that level of strength that you can light yourself on fire and not show any pain? That's your, that's your statement. I'm not, I'm not weak. This is not like, you know, we are not weak with this. You have to respect us. And um, yeah, like what is it like to devote your entire, and that's the weird thing that like some of the Asian and, you know, Eastern cultures, as opposed to America, we live a very small minded life where like, a career might be five or 10 years or 20 years. Those dudes spend their entire lifetime. life, their yeah. lifetimes devoted to it. Yep. Yeah. Their life. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, wow. That was probably one of the most in depth. It's one heck of a table tables with thought behind it. Mm -hmm. So shout out to you. Yo, thanks for that, having me. Yeah. Man. Um, Real quick, for all of our visionaries that are that are still tuning in, um, how can our visionaries get a hold of you? What, what's your social media handles, your YouTube page, all that good stuff? It's just going to be my full name, World's Hairiest Bodybuilder. No, it's um, <laughs> <laughs> you just Devin Cara, D-E-V-I-N-C-A-R-A. 
it's pretty nice. It's not a, like a, it's not a terribly common name. So, I mean, it's pretty easy to find that on YouTube, uh, you know, and just look it up and there you'll find me. D-E-V-I-N-C-A-R-A. Yeah. It's YouTube slash Devin Kara and that's, that's how you find me. Okay. Um, obviously you've listened to the show. You, you kind of know what's coming next. So what's the long-term vision for one Devin Kara? Oh, man. You know what? Actually, I wasn't really, uh, I don't know. That's a hard thing because I, I am like real shifty and moving around. You know, my wife and I are really some new no roots kind of people and just doing whatever life throws at us yeah, and amen. stuff. So um, I don't know. I mean, I, I really hope for like more success out of the uh, the YouTube thing. That's now like my full focus. You got a big event coming up soon. I do. They have the Harry Man competition. So and this is a fun little factoid. I attended this when we first moved to Austin because I found out, like, that's where it takes place. It takes place in, like, Round Rock, not mm-hmm. far. And, like, one of the beard guys like, dude, you totally need to go do that. You'd win. And then when we moved to Austin, I'm like, I'm totally going to go do this, and, and I'm going to win. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't win. <laughs> it was so weird. I thought, like, well, you know, it's it, so that the festival celebrates people who are hairy. It's like some legend of a dude who goes into hiding and comes out and emerges very hairy. Like, no manscaping. And I was, like, shaved head, didn't have a beard, but I'm a hairy dude. And it's so weird to go to this competition. The, the judges were like, is that real? <laughs> you would think you would win something called the Hairy Man Festival if they're asking, is that, is real? that real? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's real. And I didn't win. Oh, no. I didn't there win. There's somebody there hairier than you. Well, they wanted they t- they voted for this other dude. He had like long dreads and a beard and a decent amount of body hair. He embodied what they were looking for. Ah, uh, gotcha. And so now I'm like I look like a fledgling in my mind right now with all this uh, just just hair. Like I'm just growing hair no matter. How what. long is this going to take you to to get it out there? Because you said like one year versus three years, it's all the same. But like you're a couple of weeks. You're you know this is happening next week. This right? is all yeah. This is like a, next week. It's about as good as it gets. But you know maybe. I want to win because there is a little cash payout. I think that's cool. But then also for the, now I'm like, well, for the content. So it's kind of more last minute than I'm going to grow Is your arm hair going to grow more? No, no, actually this isn't. And you know what I did? I actually dyed my chest hair last week. I've never dyed my hair. So I literally got the jet black hair. Oh, wow. That's what I, and I didn't realize like, so I'm a little different than my brothers. My brothers have like the werewolf knuckles. They have dark hair on their shirt. On their they forearms. Shave it, they? No, they don't. They don't. Like, you know, where you see, like, your yeah. knuckle. And mine's, like, it's blonde. It actually is blonde, and then my chest hair is, like, brown. And I just thought it was black. I mean, it's so dark to me. I was like, this must be black. So I got, like, black hair dye, and it does not it, – it's faded into – it looks okay now, but mm-hmm. I wanted to get rid of the grays because, like, my grays are really hard to see. I want to make it look as good as possible. Yeah. yeah, I want it to look really good. So I dyed my chest hair and stuff, but that's coming up and oh my God, I'm going to win this time. I didn't do, I, I'm keeping like the white hair on my face and everything. I think that looks cool and it's natural, but you know, if I don't win this time, I mean, maybe one more swing at it, but how do, how do I not win at this point? So Indeed. you got our vote. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> All right. So, um, what advice would you be giving yourself from five years ago? From five years ago? You would think that this advice has already been given to me. And of course it's, it's given to everybody really, but it's like stick with what you like doing, you know, Mm -hmm. like 
if I would have stuck with some of the YouTube stuff, I know it would be like more than just taking off. And in fact, it's kind of gone dormant and I wish I just would have kept doing it. And, you know, I think I probably would have thought back then, oh, it's silly or it's ridiculous or what are people going to say about you or whatever. And now I'm to the point where like, I don't care what people say about me. I'll do it. Like, it's just, you only live once. Go for it, man. Like do it. So I probably would tell myself, just don't be afraid do what you love doing. When life says you're good at this, or this is what we think you're going to be doing. Like the, you know, when the internet chooses you and says like, you're, this is fun. You should do this. And I tell my, tell myself five years ago, keep doing it. Love that. What advice would the older version of yourself be giving you today? Uh, So I think like the nature of that, I'm like, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad I did a little homework, but I think, you know, you got to just keep doing more like day in and day out. You devote yourself to something. And sometimes you got to like, you got to keep pouring yourself into it. I think you, I think I was listening to one of your, like, I think it was the uncuffed or whatever, but it's like when you push yourself to that edge and then all of a sudden you're doing these things, like the universe will show you more. Like Here's what happens when you actually fully devote yourself. So I think the harder part is that, kind of daily grind, devoting yourself. It's like you just got to pour yourself into it. And do it no matter what. So. That's dope. That's dope. Last question of the episode. Um, since you did some prep work, right, we gave you some softball questions. If you were a book, what would be the name of your title? Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Does it need to be like a clickbait title? I don't know, man. It's on you. It's it, this is your book. Oh man, the vegan yeti. The vegan yeti. It's pretty good. Adventures, of, adventures of the vegan yeti. How about adventures that? Adventures of the vegan yeti. Harry adventures of the vegan yeti. <laughs> yes, that would be. Love it. it. I love it. Devin, thank you, sir. Appreciate. That's kind of weird. Yeah, there you go. Um, Thank you, sir. Thanks, Mo. This has been amazing. Thank you so much. Um, Again, the humility, the kindness, um, the the storytelling, and the the, the willingness to just jump all the way in to a complete stranger. I mean, we we met that day or night, whatever it was, and uh, I appreciate that, man. Um, My life is enriched enriched having met you, and so very grateful for for that. Um, Visionaries. Thank you. Thanks for for tuning in. Um, Hope you enjoyed the show. Um, This has been an amazing experience for us. And so remember each one of our guests that are jumping into the lab or dropping nuggets of wisdom. It's up to you, my friends, to pick those nuggets up. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ryan Mosley. He is Ryan Cuffey. Thank you again to our guest, Devin Kara. And uh, we'll see you guys next time on episode number 200 of the Vision Lab podcast. Blessings. Thank you.